I'll give it a shot. Yes. All right. Let us screw around and do a bumper. So All whenever right. you're ready, Eric Zimmer from OneUFeed.net, hit it. <laughs> this is Eric Zimmer from OneUFeed.net, and I am happy to be on Vroom Vroom Veer. Watch out for the curves. Beautiful. Now let's screw around. <laughs> <laughs> that was too professional a take, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a little too good, but that's okay. You, you did it all right. I, I, I've been having to do some some voiceover stuff, so I've kind of got that little. You're game. a little, little too professional, a little too polished. So that's okay. Polished. There was there was a don't little worry, like. Don't worry. As this podcast episode goes on, that polish will come right <laughs> off. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna hit stop. I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Jim Kukral, I hope I said your name right. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Jeff, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. Good job on semi-pronouncing my name correctly. <laughs> it's like, I want to say it just like Jim says it, but anyway, I'll keep practicing. So um, you are at Jim Kukral, Kukral, uh, com. So talk a little bit about what you're most excited about at your business today. I'm excited because I just turned 50 years old. Congratulations. Gen Xer. Thank yes, you. Congratulations. Get a, get a colonoscopy, please. Keep going. Well, we'll <laughs> talk about that. Believe me. I just, I just got over it. Um, right. I had one last week. Uh, wow. I'm excited because I threw away a 25-year marketing career last year. Good for you. And have completely changed my career completely from something I made money from, from 25 years. And I'm more excited and happier and passionate than ever. Well, that's a good move. <laughs> Congratulations. We'll find out, won't we? we we're we're going to get into all of that because uh, that would be what we call on this show a big veer, right? That's a big veer. So you were rooming for 25 years. You were making money. You were doing marketing. You were a marketing entrepreneur. And then blam. And we'll get into the blam because the blam mm -hmm. is what happened, the veer later on, but this is Vroom Vroom Veer. So that means we have to go back in time and talk about stories from when you were younger. So where did you grow up? What part of the country? Born and raised Cleveland, Ohio. The, Ooh, nice. The, the flyover states, you know, the people. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I grew up in Michigan. So yeah, I get it. I, I, nobody knows where I'm from. So I get it. Were you a small town or you were in, in Cleveland proper? Just about, uh, you know, Five, six miles out of downtown Cleveland. So wow. typical, okay. typical suburb, you know? Right. That's totally different than where I grew up in Michigan. Okay. So I grew up in the Midwest. I, so for me, I was very much a rural kid. So did you, um, did you have more of a, like a run around in the woods kind of uh, upbringing or were you a city kid? Well, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I wasn't 
downtown Cleveland, but downtown yeah, we're in Cleveland. the suburbs, you know. <laughs> okay, gotcha. You know, in, in the 70s and 80s, growing up as a kid in the suburbs, you know, that's right. all you did was run around in the woods. Right. Yes, totally. Yeah, it was awesome. Did you play Kick the Can? Do you remember that game? Does that make sense to you, or is that just a... Yeah, I remember Kick the Can. Do I don't you remember really? Ever, I don't really ever remember <laughs> playing that. I don't think, you know... <laughs> This wasn't like, okay. I wasn't that bored. I had to play kick the cat. Oh man, dude. I know we sound like old people now (laughs) because we're officially old. I'm 52 by the way. So I just had my, uh, my colonoscopy two years ago. I think I got mine right as when I was 49 before my 50th birthday. But anyway, yeah, I loved playing kick the can. But when I, when I say that, right. A, I sound like a hillbilly. (laughs) When you say, when you say kick, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, when you said, uh, do you play kick the can? I was like thinking, are you like one of those, you know, guys from the Pioneer West, like where you had like the right. wheel and you were rolling it <laughs> on the thing with the stick and like that was your your play thing growing up? Like, I think I think kick the can was like a regional game, but it was really fun. So like I can briefly describe it, but it's a lot more fun because it's, it does sound like dumb, right? It's like, oh, we're just going to run around and kick this can <laughs> the yard or whatever you're doing but it was yeah it eating was, dirt sandwiches yeah 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 playing marbles with uh with you know not really marbles i get it uh no but kick the can was cool you had like an old beat up coffee can that you know it didn't really matter as long as you had a coffee can right and the goal of the game was somebody was it right and then everybody else would run out and hide okay but you had to hide within a certain you could only hide in like one yard of the neighborhood. Okay. So the guy who's it, it's his job to see people and then jump over the can and say their name over the can on Jeff. Right. And if, and so if the person who's it jumped over the can and said your name before they could kick it, then they were, uh, they had to go to jail. Okay. And then anybody in jail could free everybody, get freed if somebody else kicked the can. So it was always like a race to kick the can, if that makes okay. sense. It's like a prison game. I officially yes. never played that or never heard of that version. That's awesome. I maybe just remember people kicking a can around for fun. <laughs> but no, no. You've officially got me on that. It was a fun game. <laughs> I miss it. And th- there was a Twilight episode where they played kick the can, but they didn't really get into the rules. They just said they were playing kick the can. So uh, anyway, I digress as usual. Okay. So uh, what was high school like? Did you, uh, were you a nerd? Were you an athlete? What sort of kid were you in high school? I was a bad kid. I was, you know, I, I was nice. in the, I was in the band. And, okay, but I nerd? was friends with everybody. One of the oh, yeah, okay. but I was friends with everybody. I was friends with the jocks and the nerds and the the stoners and the, wow. the, the okay. greasers and just okay. one of those guys friends with everybody. But um, like the yeah, I was a terrible kid. Yeah, I was a terrible student though. Straight really? D's across the board. Wow. <laughs> My guidance counselor. This is the this is the greatest difference between today's world. I have a 19 year old and a 16 year old. Right, and you know. Today, back in the old days, I remember going to my guidance counselor's office, you know, 1985, you know, and, <laughs> and he goes, he looks me right in the face. He goes, why are you even in this room? He goes, your grades are so bad. He goes, you shouldn't even apply to colleges. He goes, wow. why don't you just go and like be like a garbage man? Did he and really I looked say him right, that? Yeah. He looked me right in the wow. face. He goes, just go be a garbage man. Yeah. And I was like, okay, all right. You know, okay, whatever. And. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And I'm thinking back to this day, and I still laugh about it. And I'm thinking, can you imagine if a guidance counselor walked into some 
student today and he's like, don't even bother trying to apply for college. You should just go out and drive Uber because you're you're worthless, right? Like, can you imagine yeah. the outrage that would happen yeah. today? Yeah. But yeah. I believe the different you know, world those old days in, was yeah. was a very much character building exercise. Totally. Yeah. Part of the reason I'm an entrepreneur today is entrepreneur today is because of that kind of uh attitude and somebody telling me I can't do something. Right. No, I get it. That's well, that's that's interesting. So like you, so tell me like, uh, did you just like, were you just pissed off in general or? No, I didn't care. He was right. I was terrible. I'm trying to should have been a garbage man. (laughs) I'm trying to get at like, so like for me, like showing up and being in school was fun and it was easy to get like B's and A's. So I don't know what that means, but I was definitely kind of like. I didn't, if I got a C, you know, it, it was sort of like a little shaky, right? But it was pretty easy for me to coast and get A's and B's. So like, did you, did your parents not like look at your report card and give you crap for getting D's they all the did, time? They did, but listen, okay. I was the, I was the <laughs> You were just committed. Kid. You were committed. I was the, I was <laughs> the fourth kid, okay. all right, the last, the, the baby, but removed by 10 years. Oh, so wow. Okay. They were already 10, 11, 12 years older than me. By the time I was born as the mistake, ah, um, you know, by the time I was around, they were like, you know, we already did this, you know, whatever, you know, just do whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> <laughs> no rules, no no curfews. Don't worry about grades. Just you know, you're yeah. fine. It was glorious time to you, be alive. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got one D. I got a D minus, and it was actually a gift. So I took uh, typing in uh, in my senior year, and it was me and everybody else. I think there was one other dude, and all the other people in the class were girls. Right. So I was just in this hormonal haze like the whole hour and I had no idea what was going on. And I was just smiling and, and hitting the keys. And then I would turn it in and have no idea what was happening. There you go. <laughs> and and the teacher at the end was like, This is a gift that I gave you this D. I was like, Hey, I'll take that D minus and 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 say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> My, 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 I could sum up my high school career kind of like the beginning of Tommy boy, the movie. Remember wow. he walks up, he walks up and he's going to graduate from college and he sees his, he sees the score on the, on the, the printout. And he, he says, I got a D <laughs> I passed and he starts freaking out. I graduated. That was pretty much sums up my high school career. It's wow. I passed. I passed. I made it. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you did. Yeah, so good for you. I had a buddy who was like really super smart, but like he had some sort of, I don't want to make him sound like a a horrible person, but he was a horrible person clinically. So like he had some mental health issues and abuse issues uh, and daddy abandonment issues. He had a lot of issues, right? But one of his things was he just like, if like you, like if somebody told him like, okay, like, you didn't do well here, right? He did not take that well. <laughs> he didn't take negative feedback well, right? Uh, so he just like quit school and he should have graduated because like he ended up getting a GED real easy. But a GED is not an equivalent to a high school diploma, kids out there. <laughs> they say it is, but it's not even close. So anyway, um, so let's move on 
Did you end up going to college or not? It sounds like maybe that's a no. No, I did. I got, oh, you did? I applied, I applied to... I applied to four schools, and the only one that accepted me was the University of Akron. Okay. And here, here's the funniest part about this whole thing. Is, right, right. Uh, got straight D's in high school, barely graduated. Right. Went to college and did a 4.0. What the hell? So here's what I started to learn really young. I didn't come from an entrepreneurial family. Um, right. I, I learned really quickly at growing up without parental advisement, you know, being a latchkey kid being on my own doing my own laundry from the time i was 10 years old you know basically you gotta cooking tell me my what you meals. were eating yeah what were you eating <laughs> yeah, yeah mom would make a crock pot meal and say eat when you want oh or that's if you don't, awesome if you don't if you're hungry go heat up one of those stouffer's meals in the right. freezer yeah okay right so it was you know i've been independent since i was a little kid right i didn't like the format of high school i didn't like having to be there at the hours that they told me i had to be there and okay when i got to college everything changed it was like hey you're on your own. Do it. Study when you feel like it. Take care of things at your own pace. And right. that's that's true to this day. I need to do you things to, when I want to do them, how I want to do them, and I excel. Gotcha. So, wow. So it's really, you know, I didn't know I wanted to be an entrepreneur until I was 30, which was 20 years ago. But okay. the signs were there when you look back now. You know, I look at my my kids the same thing. I've been telling them the same thing my whole their, their whole lives. I'm like, look. You know, you're going to have to decide. You want to sit in that office chair under the soul sucking lights of the yes. fluorescent lights and have the boss like in the office? Or do right. you want to, you know, own the restaurant <clears throat> instead of working at the restaurant? Right. right. You know, right. I, I didn't realize till I was 30. I wanted to own the restaurant. And thank sure. God I did. Well, you know, that that is a, a, a real you have to really want that. And it has to be sort of like they're young. Right. I really believe that that. That that entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, it's almost like you don't have a choice, right? Some of us can choose to like, okay, I'm going to go work now. It sucks, but I'm going to do that because I would rather do that than the other thing, being my own boss. I've learned that. I learned that, and it took me years and years and years too. Um, but after I got out of the military, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out um, how not to have a job, right? So... Th that's the key lesson, really. <laughs> was I didn't really want to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't want to have a job. So I found another way around that, a different sort of hack. We can get into that later because it's not about me. Okay. So, okay. So you go to college, you 4.0 college. That's pretty amazing. And, and did you do marketing in college? Yeah, I went in and I just kind of did. I chose my uh, degree path because I, I asked which degree path has the least math in it. Perfect. And they said, well, go into communications. You only have to take one math class. I said, right. that's perfect for me. So I right. did a PR degree you oh, know, back nice. in the day when public relations was actually writing press releases. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, Twitter made and that all kind of go away. Right? 25 years ago. So yeah. So PR and marketing. Interesting. Okay. So then uh, what was college? Okay. What was the first job after college? I'm assuming you had a job. So yeah. So, you know, I got out of school right about the time that the internet was starting to turn into a thing. So like 97 ish, 98 ish, 99 or before, even before that, okay. really. I mean, so the, uh, I, the computer version of the internet. Yeah. Real, real early internet <laughs> stuff. I right? started one of the, uh, wow. me and a buddy started a, an agency, an internet marketing agency oh. back before Google existed. And right. 
we grew that. I was the third employee. You know, wow. we grew that to about 150 employees. And then I left and started another company and grew that to about 300 employees. And then we sold that to a bigger company. And then 20 wow. years ago, I was like, look, you know what? I don't like having employees. And I quit and started my own small marketing agency. For the last 20 years, I've been running my own small agency. But yeah, I've been doing this a long time. Right. So you never actually got a job the job job? No. I, you know, <laughs> I... I mean, technically, I worked for the first guy. I mean, okay. that was, but that it was didn't more feel like job like early partner, you know, okay. but no, no, I, I mean, yeah, I did. I did have, but right before that I did that, I did work in the basement of a phone book, a phone company where I designed phone book ads for about nine months. Okay. So, yeah, but I've had pizza delivery jobs and you name it. I've had regular jobs before, but I realized really quickly after my first real job when I was delivering pizzas and the, the, the son of the owner was stealing money out of my till, Ooh. my delivery till. And then the owner accused me of stealing the money. Right. And I looked him in the face. I said, your drug addict son is the one who's stealing the money. And he said, my son would never do that. And I said, I watched him do it the other day. And he accused me instead. And I told him I quit. Good for you. So, you know, you learn these lessons, right? Like right. my first, one of the other first jobs I had, um, I worked my butt off for this company for six months, made them a lot of money. And then they gave me a Christmas bonus for like $400. Right. You know? And I was like, this should have been fourth, four grand. Right. And they were like, well, you don't deserve that. I go, wait a minute. I just made you a couple million dollars. All the work I did, you know, these are pain lessons you learn as you get older. Right. Like <laughs> the, I, I equate things into pain. Like when you, when right. you get sick and you go to the hospital, they say, first thing they ask you is what's your pain level? One to 10. Right. So yes. everybody's got that threshold, right? It's the same thing in your life, your career with anything you do, you know, it with a job, right? Your pain level might only be a five at your job. Um, when it gets to seven or eight, you're starting to look at options, right? Yes. When it gets to a nine, you're like, oh man, I got to do something now. How do I right. relieve this pain? Right. Some people never get to that. Some people stay at the lower <clears throat> levels of pain. Right. That's why they'll stay in a job they hate for 30, 40 years because yeah. it's just, you know, the pain level is still low for me having a boss and dealing with those types of things has always been an, a 10 out of a 10. So <laughs> and I think goes, that's true for it, every it goes back to that, 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 uh, the kid that got D's all the time. Right. And the latchkey kid, you know, you were just sort of like out of the womb. You were like, okay, now I'm not really going to fit in. <laughs> right. Because my experience was completely different. Right. Just, I guess it's like whatever the uh, um, the upbringing and the, you know uh, how I'm raised, right? And then my school experience, for the most part, I was having a good time, right? And it was fun. So when I got into the Air Force, you know, I kind of liked it, but I kind of knew that I didn't fit, right? Like it wasn't a good fit for me, but it wasn't like super painful. I think what, what you, what you were talking about, it was probably like a five or <laughs> it would occasionally go up, but the good thing about the military. So I, I got another job in 2017, no, sorry, 2018. And, uh, and she was uh, a federal employee still is still works here. And she was in the same office in the same position for like something like 17 years. Right. 
And I was like, wow, you were in the same job for 17 years. And she's like, what are you talking about? You did 20 years in the Air Force. And I'm like, yeah, but 20 years in the Air Force is like seven jobs, you know, seven jobs. And they only last like two or three years at a time. (laughs) That's what's good about it. As long as like you can bear through like a two or three year assignment, it's not so bad, you know? And that's kind of like what the pattern that I liked uh, about the military is like, it doesn't matter how much this sucks. It's not going to last forever kind of a mentality. Anyway, I'm talking too much about me. Let's talk about you. Okay. So now let's talk about this big life apocalypse, big veer sort of situation. So what happened? Uh, I know there was like some sort of big event. It was like uh, something to do with uh, cancer. Oh yeah. So what, give us, yeah, give so us right, the, right, the preamble. Hey, listen, yeah. Yeah. R- you know, right in the middle of the global pandemic, I got diagnosed with colon cancer. Ooh. Right. So August a, 2020. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. August yeah. 2020. So they found a, a plum sized tumor in my lower colon How? during a colonoscopy. Wow. Okay. Well, the reason I got the colonoscopy was right when about the time COVID started, I started to have digestive issues and fatigue, and it just got worse and worse every month until after about three months, my wife said to me, you're going to the doctor and they did full tests and everything. And then they found the tumor in my colon. 10 days later, I was on an operating table, right? Removing it. And then six rounds of chemotherapy. And, you know, I'm in remission. Literally just had my year post year colonoscopy five days ago and I'm all clear. So like I'm alive because I listened to my wife and went to the doctor Totally. Okay, so when and you have symptoms, probably go, hard, you know, to do that. Well, colon cancer, this is something, you know, I, I will stress to every single person out there. If you're anywhere near the age of 50, go get your colonoscopy. Totally. It's becoming yes. more and more prevalent in people under 50. And they don't know where this came from. There's no history of cancer in my family. Right. At all. Right. You right? got like, lucky, so, really. You got, I got lucky. completely lucky. I would not be on this podcast today if I did not go get that taken care of. Right. And and so so if you feel anything going on, go get it taken care of. It's not that big of a deal to get a colonoscopy. It's not. Um, I did it. But anyway, I, I got it. You know, really changed between the pandemic and being turning 50 this coming up, which I am now. Turning and 50 colon is a big cancer. deal. <laughs> but between all of that yeah. stuff, it really kind of messed with me mentally, totally. not just physically, of course. Right. But mentally, you know, um, I believe the pandemic created the greatest shift in mindset in human being history. Probably. And I think that 50 to 100 years from now, even longer, <clears throat> uh, historians will look back at 2020. And I think they will see that as a level C change point when a lot mm. of people, billions of people across the world really started to think differently. Right. Um, in, in the United States, I think you'll see a big change from it specifically as well, um, where a lot of people are like, you know what? I've been working at this job I hate for the last 30, 40 years. Every day now. Yeah. Well, the, that's what they call the great resignation. Right. Um, I talk to people <laughs> the all the time. resignation. I love that. <laughs> well, that's what that's what they're calling this. Okay. And, right. You know, people want to blame it on they're getting money. No, from the government. No. What's happening is, is people are like, you know what? Literally, the world could end any day. And yeah. I don't have to deal with you. Uh, who's a jerk boss anymore, right? Right. Like I can go get a job for half the money with no stress 
And you know what? If, if that means I just, you know, don't go out as much and I stay home, yeah. then fine. Like, yeah. like that's what's happening right now. It's, yeah. a, it's a mental switch is Correct. why people, you know, financially, they still need money. Yeah, totally. but they're just not willing to put up with as much. They'd rather live in squalor than right. have to deal with your crap attitude and job anymore. Sorry. Right. So well, that's what's happening. Right. And and it's across millions and billions and billions of people. So I think there's been a big change and and I think it's going to continue. So, yeah, at some point in 2020, I, I don't know about you. I'll ask the question. But for me. Right. And, you know, we're all going through. I think we all sort of grieved the world going away because it was such a OK, that pre pandemic world is gone forever. And I, I had to go through grief. <laughs> I, and, then, and then at some point I accepted that and went through those stages. And then during lockdown, I think we all also realized how much time and money and thought and energy, right, that we put into things that are just, you know, uh, unnecessary, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, listen, yes, listen, here's a yes. perfect example. Right. Know, talking about veer, veer. Vroom, vroom, know, veer, vroom, veer. Vroom, 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 veer. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Look, you know, uh, 9-11, terrible right. tragedy. Right. Okay. Yes. I mean, it's a, it's terrible. It changed terrible, a lot. Terrible. It, it, horrible. it changed a lot. But the, uh, the ultimate result of 9-11 was, of course, needlessly victims lost their lives. Right. But ultimately, at the end of the day, really how it affected someone who wasn't in New York was they ultimately lost freedoms. Totally. And they have to now take their shoes off going into an airport. Okay. Right. So so I'm not diminishing 9-11. Okay. At all. Right. What I'm trying to point out is this global pandemic hit everyone. Right. Billions of people across race, religion, financial, physical, spiritual, mental, mental, like this, this is a, a much bigger event that caused so many, many more things to happen. Right. And it changed the world. I'm sorry. It did. It totally changed the world. And it, 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 yeah. it, it and, and that's what you're dealing with now. Okay. And so you have billions of people who are starting to. Um, have conversations like Gen Xers. Okay. Gen Xers, we, we were already the, like, you know, whatever people, right. We were like, <laughs> we don't want to deal with your nonsense. We're not going to, we think polit we, we think all the politicians are corrupt. We, right. we, we don't, we're not like our, you know, baby boomer, older brothers and sisters, you know, we're, we're just like, whatever, we're just leave us alone. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty much what we think. Right. Yes. And we just look at all this social media nonsense and wokeness and all this stuff. And we're like, okay, fine. You want to be woke? Go ahead and be woke. Just leave us out of it. Like that's a Gen Xer. Right. Okay. okay? So now you have the baby boomers who are all going to die off in the next 20 to 25 years. And then right. the, the, the Gen Xers. But when you look at the level playing field, you've got two thirds of the entire global workforce right now are millennials. Right. So the oldest millennial right now is 40. Okay. All right. So you basically got two thirds of the entire global workforce are people between the ages of 25 and 40. Okay. Right. And they're about to inherit $68 trillion of baby boomers money. Okay. Think about right. that. So right. in the next 20 to 25 years, as the baby boomers die off, they will pass on, an estimated $68 trillion to their children. Wow. And those children 
um, grew up in a uh, you know nine eleven world. Some of them, right? right? Some of some of, but they grew up in a world. So they're going to be passed on trillions of dollars. And you think they're going to work? Do you you think that they want a mortgage? You think that they want um, um, they want cars and car payments and insur- they don't. They don't. You know right. what they want? They want to rent stuff. They want Uber rides. Right. They want. Yes. They want to have stuff delivered to their houses. They All want to I'm be digital, to say, digital nomads, maybe. Yes. yes. I'm trying to say is, you know, <laughs> right. I'm trying to say is, look, the, 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 the landscape has changed. You know, totally. boomers, I'm sorry. You, you know, I'm 50. I'll be where you are soon enough. Right. But the boomers are no longer going to control this world any longer. And they know right. it. That's why they're freaking out and holding on so hard yes, they're they're making the gen a, xers a, a don't give a grab, crap right it's the millennials and the gen z people who are really going to have control of this planet moving forward right you know and the, and the gen xers there's not many of us i don't know right just it's not, not like that, there's it's not, not a like lot millennials of, right 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 there's there's so few gen xers um yeah we're kind of like a, a unicorn <laughs> generation my, my point we're is tiny, this if you're yeah if you're listening to this right now right you're probably a gen x person Right. And, I, and I'm just here to tell you right now, you know, we don't have that much time left, right? Like I, I, we don't. The, 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 the acceleration that happened because of the pandemic of mindset and wanting to have better lifestyles, like Gen Xers are now realizing, wow, we really, really always believe we never bought into the baby boomer stuff. But now we're thinking, what are we going to do? We're not going to have nest eggs. Most of us, we're not going to have 401k, you know, like a lot of us are not going to have that money to sit around like the baby boomers are who hoarded all that cash. Okay. Um. So, so what do we do? So think like a Gen X or think like a, a, a millennial or a Gen Z, you know what they're interested in? They're interested in experiences. Right. They're, okay. they're, they're, they're not interested in white picket fences and mortgages like we were brought up. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so like you there's have, a new American dream. Right. So that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And so if a Gen X right now, you're sitting at 50 years old, you're saying to yourself, you know, boy, do you, I want you to really think about this for a second. Do you really, really want to retire at 65 and sit around an assisted living facility? I'm telling you right now, Gen Xers don't want that. No, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Even baby boomers, boomers didn't are doing want it that. either. Yeah, they didn't want to either, but some of them didn't have any choice. So, yeah. so really think right. about what you want to do. Think about the, you know, uh, the word apocalypse really means revelation. Okay. okay. All right. When the ancient meaning of the word apocalypse, it's not zombies. People think zombies. <laughs> okay. Apocalypse right. means right. revelation. You okay. Know? If 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 you don't think 2020 was some type of apocalypse, and if you don't think you've had any revelation about your life, your career, relationships, whatever, you know, then you know, then I don't know what to tell you because every single person has has examined their career and their life in the last year and a half. Totally. Um, if you and haven't, that, and, and then you at, must live a really privileged life. What and that word is an interesting word because you know it means. Many things were revealed that were previously hidden, right? So, like, this whole idea of, you know, the government's going to take care of you when you're old and all of that, it's just gone now, right? <laughs> Nobody's taking care of you. The, Nobody's the politicians taking care of you. Right. and the corporations have right. done everything they can to squeeze everything out of you. And I'm talking right. across both sides. Totally. And there will be nothing left. 
the baby boomers are sitting on a bunch of money, but you know, they're going to spend it all on assisted living facilities. Um, <laughs> decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, look, right. I, I went, I went through this, the pandemic and colon cancer and turning 50 ish at the, all at the same time. Okay. So take right. a midlife crisis, throw colon cancer, a near death experience on top of it and a global pandemic that hyper accelerated my midlife crisis. What did I decide to do? Um, I don't have any money, so I didn't go out and buy a red Ferrari. Good. Like baby boomers <laughs> would do. Right. So what I decided to do was throw away a, a career. Right. And say, you know what? I didn't really, I did this to make money, but it really was never my passion. Okay. And I finally figured out what my passion is. It's inspiring other people. And, and so I wrote a one man show and I'm going to go out and perform it. And, wow. you know, it's all about life legacy and purpose and, you know, I got the words mindset and lifestyle impact and purpose and family tattooed right on my wrist. So I have to look at it <laughs> every awesome. single day. Like, so, so like, you know, if you're sitting here listening to this, I want you to really think about where you want to take the next, you know, rest of your life. Cause right. it could end any day. Right. Totally. And, you know, <clears throat> let's talk about like sort of your, when you say legacy, what does that mean to you or impact yeah. one of those things? Well, it, it, let's start with legacy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the thing with legacy, you know, it's been co-opted this word, you know, a little uh, bit legacy, yeah. legacy to, especially to Americans. Okay. But legacy in most people's definition is how much you left your children. Like, okay. You're right. Your, right, right, right. Like, did you leave a lake house and a Ferrari and a and big pile of big cash? Pile for your of kids? Cash. Right. I got news for you. Um, that's not the true definition of legacy. Legacy isn't like it was in the 15th century. Legacy was leaving a male heir to your throne. Right. Okay. Like, right. Here's what legacy is. Legacy is when you're dead and your kids or your friends or family, let's say kids, for example, and they're sitting around together and the one looks at the other one and says, remember how fun dad was? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Think about it. Remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That time that dad got so angry at us because we were fighting at Disney. Remember um, what an amazing uh, hard worker he was now that I'm older and I'm looking at it. And like, remember how, how well he even Keely was and how he raised the, our, his family. Like that's legacy. Okay. I, I can get on board with that legacy, <laughs> but, but this, this yeah, is where, totally. yeah, yeah. Most people don't think about that kind of stuff. That that's the true legacy. You know, mm -hmm. the 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 impact and purpose. You know, what impact are you creating on the world around you mm. right now? Right. Okay. What is your purpose? Right. Now, it's tough to figure out what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. What gets you up every single day? You know, these are the things that people really need to start thinking about. And they have. Right. Because of this acceleration. Totally. Right. And this big resignation. And that's how I define those types of things. And that's what my show is about. Right. I, I can totally, when I started thinking about this conversation and what my desired impact or legacy is, I thought about just like, what do I want people that, 
love me and I love um, to think about when I'm gone about me. How, right. how do I want to be, how do I want, the, you know, like there's 8 million people. I don't billion people, 7 billion people. I don't, you know, not really concerned <laughs> with the people that don't know me and love me. You know, they're awesome too, but I'm concerned about the people that actually spent time with me, worked with me, uh, hung out with me, played with me, whatever, you know. I want them to remember me laughing and having a good time and trying to help them, you know, work maybe, <laughs> right? That's it. You know, it's it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, like a library, right? <laughs> you know, right? It 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 can be rather mundane and but meaningful to you personally. Or or you guys can go back to your, you know, job you hate. And spend the next twenty years, <laughs> you know, worrying about Bill. Like, like, like. At what point? Like, I'm trying to be inspirational here. I, I, sure. I, I, at what point? If you're listening to this right now, I'm not saying you got to go quit your job. Okay. Right. Like, you got bills to pay. You got to send your kids to college. You need the, your medical benefits. Like, you don't have to blow your life up. But at, at what point does your brain say, "I, I really"? should probably think about doing something that creates an impact in this world and something I'm passionate about. Like at what point do you pull that trigger after global pandemic? Like, like maybe you never get to that point, but, but my, what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to get you to really understand that and think about that. Right. You know, there's a, there's a great, one of my favorite movies is fight club. Okay. Love there's fight a great club. scene in the movie fight club where uh, Brad Pitt's character, uh, Tyler Durden, pulls the clerk out of the, uh, uh, out of the convenience store and he puts him on his knees in the alley and he puts a gun in his head and he says, what did you always want to be in life? And the guy gets him to admit he's crying. He says, I always wanted to be a veterinarian. And the long story short is Tyler Durden says, I have your ID. I know where you live. If you are not well on your way to becoming a veter uh, a veterinarian in a month, he goes, I'm going to come back and, and put this bullet into your head. <laughs> and the guy runs away screaming and crying. Uh -huh. And the and, and Ed Norton's character says, what is you're sick? What is wrong with you? And Tyler Durton says, tomorrow will be the greatest day of Raymond's life. He will. Everything will taste better. He'll have more clarity and he'll be moving forward. And what is purpose and passion and, and 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 I always love that scene because the analogy is, you know, someone puts a gun to your head. All right. And that's what I'm trying to get through to somebody listening to this this right now. Right. If somebody put a gun to your head tonight and said, You always wanted to do this, how much time you got left? You're 50. Okay? Right. Yeah. You I I should be dead right now. I had, I had a tumor, a ten time. centimeter. <laughs> Plum-sized tumor. Imagine taking a plum and sticking it in the middle of a garden hose. That was my tumor. Yeah. Okay. I should be dead right now. Right. Okay. So hopefully you don't get sick. Okay. But I want you to, that was the gun to my head. What's the gun to your head? And that's all I want you to do. I don't need you to quit your job. I want you to just start thinking about what could you be doing? What is your passion? Mm. What will make the next 20, 30 years of your life more fulfilling? What impact can you create in the world? What's your purpose? What mindset should you have waking up every single morning? 
that's what my show's about. That's what every person in our age group needs to think about. That's a, that's a you know big deal because I think a lot of people just stay in vroom vroom mode and they never really, you know, the blessing in disguise of your cancer is you woke up, right? And I think that happens to a lot of us. So uh, sometimes you don't, and that's sad. But yes, take this opportunity. It's a pandemic. Wake up and think about what's going on. Okay, Jim, we are going to wrap up in a couple minutes here. So uh, you are at jimkukral.com. So talk a little bit how uh, talk a little bit about how people can best get in touch with you and your stuff. Yeah, my last name is just K U K R A L. Right. So Jim Kukral. So just Kukral. Google me or go okay. to jimkukral.com. You'll find out everything about my show. Um, if you are part, uh, the show is really for people who uh, date nights, so married couples who have children. Um, if you're a church or organization that has a lot of married couples and people who want a non-political, fun, date night, family-friendly show that's a 90-minute laugher and a crier, then Ooh. you will want to bring me in. Go to jimkukrell.com, watch the demo reel. Um, it's not up there yet, but it will be by the time somebody listens to this and I'd love to come out to your town and do it. You will love the show. I even finished with a song on the show. So, um, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> so, so, so if you're looking for something fun like that and you have a church or an organization that would love to bring that in, I'd love to talk to you about it. That'd be great. And I, I kind of want to see the show now, bring it out to Vegas. <laughs> well, it's great. It's called dad shoe diaries. All the, it's called all the things to say. And the premise of the show is. I'm a typical dad. I fall asleep on the couch in the basement. I eat too many chicken wings and I wake up and there's an audience in my basement. And then I do a 90 minute show for them. I <laughs> love it. It's the show. <laughs> it's an awesome premise. That's great. And you know, I eat chicken wings all the time. Had them yesterday. All right. <laughs> well, if you eat chicken wings too late at night, you know what happens. You wake up in a hallucinogenic you wake uh, up, especially get, when you're older, doing a, a one man show. That's awesome. You do a one man show <laughs> in your basement to a hundred strangers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim, this has been a blast. Thank you for uh, hanging out with me for about an hour. All right. And uh, I will let you go. Talk to you later. Yeah. Thank you so much. Love being on. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.